Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Ve sallallahu ve barak. Al-Ashraf al-Anbiya ve al-Selim. Nebiyyina Muhammed. Ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve sellem. Ama ba'd. Elhamdülillah. We have reached uh, the next part of our discussion around Sharh uh, Sunnah by Imam Babahari. This chapter is a shorter chapter than, uh, than uh, the others. So, inshallah, we'll discuss it over a shorter amount of time uh, in a manner which Allah Ta'ala makes easy. Uh, so, uh, does anyone have the Arabic with them? Musa, now it's over. When Sahibuhu 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 and the English Fatullah, you know. Debating, arguing, and disputing are the innovations which throw doubt into the heart, even if the person reaches the truth and the sunnah. Even if the person reaches the truth and the sunnah. And so what we understand from this, first and foremost, is when it comes to avoiding debating, then avoiding debating within that is domain, is a guarantee and is a, a means of protection, protection of the individual from falling into that which is harmful to them. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned تَرَقْتُ فِيكُمْ شَيْءٍ إِنْ تَمَسَّقْتُمْ وَإِنْ تَسَعْتُمْ بِهِ لَنْ تَدِلُّ عَبَدَهِ تَمَسَّقْتُمْ بِهِ لَنْ تَدِلُّ عَبَدَهِ That I've left with you a particular thing. If you hold on firm to it, you will never go astray. And thus he mentioned صلى الله عليه وسلم كتاب الله The Book of Allah. If the individual holds on firm to the Book of Allah, this is a means for his salvation and a means for him never going astray. And the person indulging in debate and argumentation, this is not something which aids him in that regard. Likewise, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned, ستفترقها هذه الأمة لثلاثة وسبعين فرقة كلها في النار إلا واحدة. 
that this Ummah would divide into 73 sects, all of them within the fire, except for one. All of them in the fire except for one. And then it does he mentions Sallallahu Alaihi that one group is the one that is upon what I and my companions are upon today. What I and my companions are upon today. And so this is the means of a person attaining that salvation again. Adhering to the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Adhering to the way of the Salaf of this Ummah. And the companions and those like them. And anything outside of that. Alhamdulillah. Can be left. Because it's not something that can be said that brings benefit to the individual. And so. This point here when it comes to khusumat. Wal jidal. In the argumentation, I argue with the people of innovation. Argue with them when it comes to their innovations and the likes of that, or disputes. Now, this is something that you find is mentioned in many of the books. Many of the books of the Salaf, and they're mentioned of the fact that it's something which is blameworthy, essentially. And so we want to read some kalam here from Sheikh and the Sheikh Ubaid. Where he discusses this, this particular matter from his explanation of Surah Sunnah by Imam Ahmed. And he mentions that the Khusuma and Makhasama is of two types. So a discussion and debating or dispute is of two types. There are two types. The Qismam. أَحَدُهُمَا بَيَانَ الْحَقِّ بِدْلِيلِ هَذَا السُنَّةِ وَدْلِيلِ كَذَا وَهَذَا بِدَعْ وَدْلِيلِ كَذَا So the first of the two is that the individual is clarifying the truth by way of saying that this particular affair is the sunnah and the proof is this. And this affair is bid'ah and the proof is this. So the clarification of the truth, بَيَانَ الْحَقِّ so you may discuss with someone, you may find yourself in the discussion with an individual. And you seek to clarify the truth. And the person is receptive. The individual is receptive. They're open to listen, they're open to listening to you. And likewise, the opposite as well. You're opening, you're open to discuss with them or clarify to them the truth. So it's one way. Essentially, this is down. Essentially, this is da'wah and conveying the truth. There's no harm in that regard. And this is Mahmoud, as mentioned by Shaykh Shaykh Ubaid. هذا محمود وهذا هو الذي يصنعه السلف مع خصومه من المعتزلة وأشائرة أو جهمية قبلهم أو خوارج أو غير ذلك. And so this was from the actual salaf. This is how the Salaf will convey the truth. Whether they be discussing the affair with the Mu'tazila, or the Asha'ira, the Jahmiya before them, or the Khawarij, that they would 
present the adilla. Present the adilla and make clear this is what the sunnah is and the proof is this. Or this is what bid'ah is and the proof is that. This is clarification of the truth. This is laying out the truth. No doubt there's no harm in this. An example of that from the Salaf is the example of Ibn Abbas when he went to the Khawarij when he went to the Khawarij and he presented to them and laid out to them the reality he presented to them and laid out to them the reality of what they were upon and the adilla of what they were upon and the adilla in relation to their proofs that they were that they were presenting and how the proofs that they were presenting were frivolous and inconsequential and the proofs that they were presenting were weak proofs in reality and so no doubt this manner in which you convey the truth and no doubt it's, it's still regarded as being a, a degree of khusuma but this is not the khusuma or the dispute that is mavmoon, blameworthy. And this is not the disputing that is being mentioned here by Baba Hari or others from them, for example, Imam Ahmad or the Raziyain. Then you have the second type. So the first type we mentioned. The second type is Al Al-Muhawarat. Al-Muhawarat Alati Yarid Kullu Min al Khasimain. And so, the second type of debating or disputing is what you find when the individuals engage in a discussion. A discussion, and the purpose of that discussion being that every party or each of the two parties that are discussing and disputing, they are seeking to call the person, either the, the adversary if you like, the person, the other individual, they are seeking to call them to their array, to their particular opinion. So they are seeking to entice them to their particular opinion. And so this manner of disputing is the manner in which it is the Salaf would make inkar upon, they would totally reject. And this is the form of disputing and debating which is haram and blameworthy and muhdath, something which is newly invented. And so this is the clear difference, the clear distinction. One, the first one, when he's disputing, it's going in one direction. Does that make sense? One direction. Either Da'i, he's the one that's calling the people, and he's presenting the Adillah. Even if you're coming to a person that doesn't agree with you, essentially. But you're calling them. There, by way of them agreeing or disagreeing with you, that's with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that hidayah, which is the hidayah to tawfiq, 
is of Allah Azza wa Jal. The only thing that you are tasked with is presenting the truth. Presenting Adillah. Presenting the proofs in that regard. So as for the individual accepting that proof, then no doubt that's with. That's down to Allah Ta'ala guiding him or not. So the first, no doubt, is fine. The second is blameworthy. Why? Because it becomes a discussion. And you see this. Whether it be yani, open debates or what they refer to as interfaith dialogue and things like this, where an individual will bring a point and the other party, what is required from them is that they sit and listen to that point before they begin their retort. Before they begin what they were going to respond with. So he sits and listens to his points. And then he will respond to those points. And then he will sit and listen to the other person's points and then respond. And then they'll see if they can come to a conclusion. With the whole intent behind this uh, particular sitting or gathering that each individual is trying to call the other to their understanding and to their opinion. And so this, no doubt, is blameworthy. This understanding is blameworthy. And, been, and uh, the scholars from Ahl-Sunnah place blame in that regard. And it's not from the Adah of the Salaf. It's not from the Adah of the Salaf. Either. It's not from what they would do and it was not the practice of the Salaf, that they would sit with the people of desires and engage in discussions with them. They would not miss, listen to anything they had to say. So it wouldn't be a discussion where I listen to you, then you listen to me, and then you tell me what you know, and I'll tell you what I know. Rather, if anyone from the people's desires came to them, they would stand up and leave the, the Jalsa. An example of that is a narration regarding Ibn Sirin, Rahimahullah, narrated by Asma Ibn Ubaid. The narration of Ibn Sirin, or narration regarding Ibn Sirin, Narrated by Asma ibn Ubaid. Where he mentions, دَخَلَ رَجَلًا مِنْ أَصْحَابِ الْأَحْوَاءَ ibn Sirin. So two men from the people of desires came to Ibn Sirin. فَقَالَ يَا أَبَا بَكْرِ مُحَدِّثُكْ بِحَدِيثِ So they stated, Oh Abu Bakr, let us narrate to you a hadith. He said no, and he refused. And so he does mention, so then let us recite to you an ayah. An ayah. Anyone? An ayah from the book of Allah. Qala Allah. 
لتقومن عني لأقومن نعم لتقوماني عني لأقومن As I mentioned Rahimahullah That either that you two leave me I leave my presence Or I will leave you I will stand up and leave you And so they both left Now So some of the people said Stated to Abu Sireen Ya Abu Bakr Oh Abu Bakr وما كان عليك أن يقرأ عليك آية من كتاب الله تعالى. And what was the issue? What was upon you? What would be against you? If they were to recite to you an ayah from the book of Allah, قال إني خشيت أن يقرأ علي آية فيحرفانها فيكر ذلك في قلبي. And he stated, رحمه الله. That indeed I feared that they may state or they may recite an ayah from the book of Allah and distort it and something from that recitation settles within my heart. Something from that recitation settles within my heart. And this was the attitude of the Salaf when it came to the sitting of Ahlul Bid'ah. And conversing with Ahlul Bid'ah and debating with Ahlul Bid'ah. That the reality, the reality of it is that they did not want to be in their presence in any way, shape, or form. The reality that they did not want to be in their presence in any way, shape, or form. So these are the individuals, not only were they individuals that have innovated in the religion of Allah. And innovating the of the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. However, they were individuals that were coolest to them. And individuals where, within that gathering, they may, may, they may mention something that leads the individual to be led, to led astray. That may affect the heart. And so the attitude of the Salaf, no doubt was one, where they sought to protect their heart at all costs. They sought to protect their heart at all costs. Another example is what is stated by some of the Salaf. The statement is, مَنْ أَرَّدَ دِينَهُ لِلْخُصُومَ أَكْثَرَ تَنَقَّلْ أَكْثَرَ تَنَقُّلْ مَنْ عَرَّضَ دِينَهُ لِلْخُصُومَ أَكْثَرَ تَنَقُّلْ Yani whoever presents himself or presents his deen open for debate, he is the one that is most likely to be swayed and go astray. To be swayed by way of that. And he's opened, up, he's opened himself up for debate and discussion about the nature of his deen, the nature of his tamasuk with deen. And so because he has opened himself up to that debate and discussion, he has now become an individual that is most likely to be going, to be going astray by way of that. And 
Again, another example of that is what is narrated by Ayyub al-Sakhtiyani, which is found in Ibana al-Kubra. And he mentions, Kalali Abu Qulaba, Ya Ayyub, Iffav Anni Arba'a. As Abu Qulaba mentions, Oh Abu Ayyub, yani, Oh Ayyub, brother. Referring to Ayyub Sakhtiyani. Learn from me, or take from me these four particular affairs. La tukul fil Quran birayak. I do not speak about the Quran with your opinion. And beware of the affair of the Qadr. Beware of delving into this affair of the Qadr in a, in a manner which is not befitting. وَإِذَا ذُكِرَ أَصْحَابُ الْمُحَمَّدٍ صلى الله عليه وسلم فَأَمْسِكْ And if the companions of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم are mentioned, then withhold. I do not speak ill of them. وَلَا تُمَكِّنْ أَصْحَابُ الْأَحْوَامِ مِنْ سَمْعِكْ فَيَنْبُذُوا فِيهِ مَا شَاءُوا and do not allow for the people of desires to have anything from your attention and listening. Lest they may place something in it, whatever they wish and whatever they desire. It's your friends, Ahlul Ahwa. Don't allow for them to place something within that. And so this is what we understand from that. Four things. So the four things are what, Ikhwa? Do not speak of the Quran regarding your opinion. Now do not delve to the Qadr in a manner which is not befitting. Withhold your speech when it comes to the companions of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Now do not lend an ear and do not allow them to have anything from that which you hear. The people of desires. This is from the speech. Likewise as well, you have the statement found in the Maqaddimah of Sahih Muslim. And the introduction of Sahih Muslim. And with this introduction of Sahih Muslim, you find generally there are many narrations in relation to the manhaj of the Salaf. And the manner in which we take narrations and how we take narrations and who we take narrations from. And this introduction of Sahih Muslim could be, could be regarded as being a particular text that is one of great importance when a person, for a person to understand the manhaj of the Salaf. And the narration that's found in this, in this introduction is a narration 
of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, narrated by Abu Hurairah. So it's Abu Hurairah, radiallahu anhu, and the Nabiya sallallahu alaihi wasallam, قال سيكون في الآخر أمتي أناس يحدثونكم ما لم تسمعوا أنتم ولا آباءكم فإياكم وإياهم. And so he صلى الله عليه وسلم mentioned that at the end there will come a people at the end of my ummah towards the end of my ummah in the latter years of this ummah. And they will speak and they will narrate that which you have never heard. Nor have your fathers. So beware of them. Beware of them. I refer to the fact that these individuals, what they narrate, what they have been narrating, in reality, are affairs which are the newly invented affairs. Hence why if it's newly invented, you've never heard it before. And when it's newly invented, your fathers have never heard of it before. So it's a newly invented affair, which is ascribed to deen. It's an ascription to the Islam and the deen. However, the reality is, is that there is no connection to that and, and whatever the Prophet ﷺ came with. There's a clear distinction between the two, rather. And so, these individuals, as I mentioned, we beware, you must beware of them. Likewise, as well, this and that, the previous narration is found in, as we said, the Maqaddimah, the introduction of Sahih Muslim, as well as found in another book with the same name as this, Sharh Sunnah, by who? Not by Baba Hari. Not Muslim. Ahmed is Usul Sunnah. The Sunnah. By Al Baghawi. So, Shah Sunnah by Al Baghawi. Likewise, we have this narration which is found in Kitab Tafsir. In Sahih Bukhari. It's narration and Aisha Razio Anha. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tala hadil ayah. Huwa alladhi anzala alayka al-kitaba minhu ayatun muhkamat. Hunna umul kitabi wa ukhara mutashabihat. Fa amma alladhina fi kulubihim zaygun fi attabi'una ma tashabaha minhu bitigha al-fitna wa bitigha ta'wili. And so thus. Aisha, anha, she mentions that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam recited the ayah that he, in relation to Allah, he subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that has sent down the book. Within it are ayat, are verses in which the meanings are clear. And verses in which the meanings are less clear in their, in their meaning, the meanings of the verse are less clear. 
And as for those that possess a deviation within their hearts, then they will follow that. They will follow those ayat which are less clear, the verses which are less clear. Seeking by way of that trial and tribulation. And seeking by way of that to distort. And thus the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi mentions after reciting this ayah. And so if you see those individuals that seek to follow only the verses that are less clear in meaning, then these are those that these are the individuals that Allah Ta'ala has named. And thus beware of them. And so this particular narration, no doubt, is a warning against these individuals from Ahlul Ahwa and these individuals that have a degree of deviation within the heart. And Sheikh Bozan goes on to mention in relation to this particular point here. That the khusumat, this debate that occurs, is one which you find occurs between the different firaq, the different groups and the sects. And the reason for that, essentially, is that the reason for that is the fact that they are following their desires. And whoever leans towards that which the Prophet ﷺ came with by way of his sunnah, then such an individual will not have shak with him. They will not have doubt. And so due to the fact there's no doubt, he does not argue or dispute and debate. Why? Because the Muslim is the one that submits and turns to Allah in submission. As Allah Ta'ala states, And so Allah Ta'ala states, and whoever, whoever receives my guidance, whoever's guidance has come, whoever of my guidance has come to him, and thus follows my guidance, then there's nothing for him to fear, nor to be saddened with despair. Likewise, Allah Ta'ala states, فَمَنْ تَبِعَ هُدَايَ فَلَا يُدِلُّ فَلَا يَدِلُّ وَلَا يَشْقَعَ And whoever follows my guidance, then he will never go astray. And thus, and thus he will not have misery. Whoever follows my guidance will never go astray and will not face misery. And so, going back to the main point, if the individual follows the guidance, yani the guidance of Allah, the guidance which is found in the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, he adheres to that affair of guidance, then 
He will not be trialed with shak in his deen. He will not be trialed with doubt. And the reality is an individual that faces this affair of doubt, it becomes manifest by way of his desire to debate and argue. His desire to debate and argue. Because the reality is this. When a person is eager to argue, he's not trying to argue to convince you about his madhab. He's not trying to argue to convince you about his etiquette, about his creed, what he believes. He's arguing so that he may convince himself of what he believes. He's arguing so that if he's able to overcome you, then it allows him to increase in his thabat upon what he's upon. Even though if what he's upon is batin. Even though what he's upon is falsehood. An example of that is the statement of Imam Malik. Rahimahullah. When an individual came to debate him. And he replied. As for myself. I'm upon clear proof and evidence. I think upon yakin, upon certainty. As for you, for and to shak, as for you, then you are doubtful. Fadhabil ashak mithlik. And then go, so go to one that is doubtful like yourself. Go to one that is doubtful like yourself. The reality is this if an individual has yakin in what they believe in, then they would not offer their heart or their deen in debate to anyone. As soon as it becomes clear that that individual is one that is not willing to listen to the adilla that you're presenting, then you leave them. You don't engage with them. You don't sit down and hear the points he has to say, then wait for your points to be, to be presented. No. Because as we understand, we do not have control over that which will enter the heart and reside within the heart by way of the speech of others. If we go back to that, to that narration of Ibn Sirin, where he refused to hear the recitation of the ayah, recitation of an ayah from Ahlul Ahwa. This is the Tabi'i. From the Tulam and the Khawas of Anas ibn Malik. And he refused to listen to that which was recited from the Quran, fearing that which may enter his heart. And what about anyone else? Where you have people of desires, and then they mention whatever they mention, and you listen, thinking that you're being polite. But this is another thing, this is another thing which is presented as well. That from good manners we have to listen to what everyone has to say. If everyone's to someone's talking rubbish, you don't have to listen to it. You don't have to give it any attention. So the reality is that when a person does that, he is presenting himself for a shubha. Presenting himself from being trialed of a shubha. 
and that enter in his heart, and he may not be able to remove it from his heart. Unless that's, that's what occurs with the one that debates. And as mentioned, the one that indulges in debate, this is a clear indication of the doubt that he has in what he believes. That he's indulging in debating so that he may overcome a person. And he hopes by way of him overcoming that person that removes that doubt. Removes the doubt that he has. However, as mentioned with the ayah, that whoever follows the guidance, then such an individual will not face misery. Such an individual will not go astray. Such an individual will not have any fear. Such an individual will not have sadness. All of these things that are brought about by way of doubt. And that doubt occurs because they did not follow the guidance. So the master of the person adheres and follows that guidance. And so, the debating that occurs and the argumentation that occurs amongst the people of desires does not occur except for this reason. Now, and so due to that, you find, as mentioned by Sheikh Fawzan, وَلِذَلِكْ تَجِدُونَ أَهْلُ السُنَّةِ وَالْجَمَاعَةِ that you find that the people of Sunnah are united. Because the people of Sunnah, they don't listen to this one and to that one. And then this one gets affected and that one gets affected. And then they slowly move apart due to the fact that they're affected by Shubhahat that they've opened themselves up to. The fact is, Ahlul Sunnah, where Jama'ah reject that premise of debating. And so, due to the fact that they reject that premise of debated, they reject this affair of listening to any shubhat. And this aids them in their unity. Now, rather, the ikhtilaf occurs in the firaq, in these groups and these parties. Now, And so, as Allah Ta'ala mentioned in relation to them, وَإِن تَوَلُّوا فَإِنَّمَا هُمْ فِي شِقَاقٍ فَسِيَكْفِيكُهُمُ اللَّهِ وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ Allah Ta'ala mentioned in relation to these groups, that if they oppose, then they will be left in a state of splitting and differing. And Allah will suffice of them. And Allah will suffice you of them. In terms, they will not bring you any harm. <coughs> and that he is all hearing, all knowing. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And thereafter, Baba Hari mentioned as well, وَإِنْ أَصَابَ صَاحِبُهُ الْحَقِّ وَالسُنَّةِ So even if the person engages in debate, and as a result of that debate, they attain the sunnah. They adhere to the sunnah. This, now does, this doesn't now mean that this was correct in the first place. Now, So the person ends, gets up, ends up getting into the debate. And as a result of the debate, they end up embracing the sunnah. Embracing the haq. Now, the ends does not justify the means in this regard. We do not now say because he, he got to the haq in the end, 
that the means I debating is correct. For example, a person now may say, I embraced Islam, I became Muslim, because I like the way that the Muslims are clean. You hear these people say things like this, no? That a person embraces Islam and he says, I embrace Islam because I like the way that the Muslims carry themselves and I saw how they are clean, clean people. No? Does this now mean that we leave the da'wah of the Anbiya, the da'wah of the Tawheed, and start giving da'wah based upon Tahara? Of course not. Even though that we, this an individual, anecdotally, he might have been a person that embraced Islam by that means. So, this doesn't mean now that we leave off the manhaj of the Anbiya in da'wah, with this new way of giving da'wah. Because we believe that this new way of giving da'wah might be more successful. And so, it's important that we understand that as a general principle as well. Yes, people may embrace the truth by means of, or by other means. The truth can come to you in different ways. And if a person embraces the truth, alhamdulillah, we're not going to say now because the way that you came, the, the route that you took was incorrect essentially. Because the route they took was incorrect, that we're not going to embrace you as an individual upon the haq. Of course not. However, at that point that they've come to the truth, upon the individuals now around them is a tarbiyah. Upon the individuals around them, it's to go cultivate them upon that truth. So, going back to the same example, the person, he said, I became Muslim because I saw that Islam is a very clean religion. The Muslims are very clean. But now he's Muslim. At that point, it's upon the Muslims to educate that individual about Tawheed and the Sunnah. I Tawheed. I now, no doubt, this is from Islam, these Ahkam, these rulings in Tahara. However, the reason you should be Muslim is because of Tawheed. And you expect to explain them Tawheed. And you cultivate them upon Tawheed. It's important we take that as a, as a Qaeda as well. That the ends does not justify the means. And so, at times you may find that people say that this way of giving da'wah, we need to continue with this particular way in giving da'wah because there's so many people embraced like this. Now, so this particular method that, we, that we're using, we have to continue using this particular method because the people are embracing the truth. One method you hear goes back to what we're, here, we're discussing here is the debating. That the people say that these debates are a means of da'wah. These debates are a means of bringing people to the truth. And then they'll bring up evidence of that. We're not disputing that has, that has happened or hasn't happened. But that does not negate the fact that the manner of the sunnah and the manner of the manhaj of the salaf was in opposition to that. And so the, the ibrah is not with the numbers. We don't take significance and take, and take heed and pay attention only to the numbers or to the anecdotal tales, if you like. Now, rather we take heed to the one that embraces the sunnah, Kamayanbari, in the manner that is befitting. And we continue upon that way. And so it should be taken, as I mentioned, it should be taken as a principle that just, uh, just because the people say, look, how many people are embracing Islam or the sunnah with this particular manner that we're doing things. This does not now mean you continue in that way. Now, because the reality is this. Just that you see people enter, 
If they enter without foundation, then this may be an indication of how they continue in their life as a Muslim or in their life as a person upon the haqq. Because they did, not, they did not come in with that foundation. And then no one supplied that foundation to them afterwards. That fact, as soon as they enter, they need that foundation. They need to know what Tawheed is. It's not something where we should celebrate the fact that people are entering, but then they don't know Tawheed. People enter Islam and then people say, look how many numbers people entered Islam. But they don't know Tawheed. They don't know why they're here. Rather, the people do take the means that the Anbiya wa Mursali were upon. You take the means that the Salaf Salih were upon. And then you traverse upon that way. So even if, ma'am, they achieve the truth, or they, they achieve uh, the Sunnah, then we do not say that this now means that we can engage in debating. Why? Because as mentioned, the Sheikh Mughan here mentions, Fuwa Mukhti. Yeah, he's erroneous. Because he's achieved the truth in a manner, upon a way, other than the correct path. And the correct path is taslim. The person embracing. The person submitting. And not by way of an individual delving into affairs and arguing and disputing and the splitting of the hearts. Now rather, that which we find is that the debating is one which is makhalif al-haq, opposes the truth. What the people must be upon is adhering to that which Allah Ta'ala is pleased with, which is the manner in which the Salaf of Salih were upon Allah Ta'ala knows best. I will conclude here, inshaAllah Ta'ala Ikhwan, and in our next lesson, we'll continue with the next point. Uh, in relation to how the individual speaks about Allah, about his Lord. Wallahu ta'ala, a'lam jazakum la khaira, wa barakallahu feekum. Sallallahu wa barak ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sallam.